Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 9th in the year of our Lord 2020. This is our one of two. And our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law, the land, the Constitution for the United States of America is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. And ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Saturday, we uh, did a rebroadcast of a previous broadcast. On Friday, though, we talked to Cliff Maloney. He's president of Young Americans for Liberty. Y-A-L is the, what their nickname is. Y-A-Liberty.org is the website. But Cliff did a phenomenal job. We talked about Operation Win at the Door and the tremendous job Campaign for Liberty has been doing on the ground even though President Trump uh, is in a battle of his lifetime, the fact is other Republican candidates won big time all across the country. Uh, big time thanks goes out to um, Young Americans for Liberty, and I think it's quite a bit of uh, credit they deserve for those wins across the country. Ongoing lawsuit by YAL against the city of Dallas, Texas, over the cancellation of... Uh, their main event, it was called Mobilize 2020, and they just shut it down, canceled it, and took a bunch of money from them. We also talked about Anderson Cooper declares President Trump is like an obese turtle laying on his back, flailing in the hot sun. How come the Democrats, when they're very abusive with their language, nobody seems to call them out like they do President Trump? The double standard reigns supreme. He who owns the media makes the rules. I stand by that, and you see it literally every day on steroids right now. Hour two, we had President Trump delivering remarks. As the vote count continues, saying it's an absolute fraud, he's taking it to court. Election chaos continues as the Department of Justice sends armed agents to investigate. The Department of Justice also now looking into vote fraud evidence in Nevada. Utah, for now, jury trials suspended. And no one knows when they'll come back. Can they just suspend jury trials indefinitely, ladies and gentlemen? Can they mandate masks indefinitely? Well, that is what they're doing, to say the least. All right, that's a recap of the broadcast that took place for Friday. Without further ado, news that I refuse to use starts now. Kirk Cosby's with me. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. And as always, our buddy Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, with us as well. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. It's good to be with you. All right. Without getting too far into the weeds, before we start with a couple of topics Lowell has, uh, did Donald lose already? The AP already called it, Kurt. Not in my book, Sam. Right. Uh, I think what, what about a whole you? lot of uh, if you're if you're going to really you know call for free and fair elections and uh, you uh, get the truth, then I think there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, in my opinion, 
All right. What about you, Lowell? Yeah, I agree, Sam. At least in six different states, there's additional investigation and possible recount and or a declaration of a spoiled election that would force a, a, a new election in a presidential race um, and in perhaps some, uh, several other races, too, by the way, not just the presidential. All right. But- We're just teasing the audience here, ladies and gentlemen, a little bit. I completely agree with Kurt Cosby, and I'll make one statement to kind of highlight the discussion and the turmoil uh, that will come later and the, the outcomes and everything else. We will break it down. I don't believe it's the most important item on our agenda, but I do believe uh, it's a critical discussion point. And I will say one thing again to highlight how much I agree with Kurt. The AP called it. Did you just hear me, ladies and gentlemen? They didn't say the United States called it. The Electoral College called it. Uh, the vote counts in certified states called it. They didn't say anything like that. They, th- they said the Associated Press called it. If that doesn't send tingles of, of paranoia up and down your spine, I don't know what will, ladies and gentlemen. The AP called it. Who do these people think they are? They were the ones that didn't want to announce supposedly on election night because they were afraid they might get it wrong or jump the gun. Or Now there's vote challenges. There's recounts. They're still counting of ballots. There's lawsuits. And the Associated Press is going to call it. We'll get to it, ladies and gentlemen. But first, Lil Nelson wanted to tell you he went to Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and had a phenomenal time, right, Lil? We did, Sam. A couple of weeks ago, my wife and I attended a two-day defensive handgun training course there at Front Sight, Nevada. Now, Front Sight's about 45 minutes west of Las Vegas which is uh, or, or 15 minutes east of Pahrump, Nevada. And Pahrump is an hour west of Las Vegas. So you now most people who attend courses at Front Sight, they find lodging in Pahrump. My wife and I love the course, Sam. The classes, the Front Sight training facility, they have 50, that's a 5-0, 50 firing ranges. They, they, and in fact, the morning we got there, they accommodated 650 people, uh, which was the morning of October 23rd. Um, I attended just last weekend again uh, for a two-day course, a, a second time, and they, they, had, they accommodated 780 people that morning. So basically they, they do this from 6.30 to 8 o'clock on the morning, the, the first day of your course. They get you registered, outfitted with rental equipment if you need some, check your weapons and everything like that, and off to the correct range. They do all of that in just minutes. Uh, they did it efficiently. They did it cordially. Made you good, you know, feel good to be there. Um, and Sam, we had a great time there. We had one range master and two assistant instructors on our course that handled 42 people on a single course. Um, and ours was the defensive handgun course. Uh, obviously, they teach other things there. They teach handgun, shotgun, long gun, uh, do martial arts, uh, the heavy ropes course. They even teach. Uh, uh, you know, adolescent or um, uh, teenagers there, um, and so it's a really family-friendly and friendly environment. Um, uh, and and so it, we just it just had a totally awesome time. Two hundred rounds in two days, learning how to run our weapons. Um, it was very very fruitful. Now and then, like I mentioned this past weekend, I attended a, a, a second class at Front Sight. It was a two-day handgun skill builders course. I did that with a half a dozen of my friends on the board of directors for the Platform Republicans PAC. In fact, by donating $100 or more to this PAC, a person uh, like you, anyone who does that, 
can get a free two-day course at Friends Site valued at $1,000. So this political action committee, Sam, is dedicated to electing platform Republicans to the Utah House and Senate. By a platform Republican, we mean somebody who will actually adhere to the party's platform and be accountable to the citizens of the state, not to special interests, not to lobbyists. Well, we totally have a great time. I'll be going back next year probably several times. I want to take I, I, I really want to take those two-day shotgun course next. Um, and, uh, you know, because it's a great place. Citizens just like you and me, as well as law enforcement personnel from around the country, they benefit from this training. I have been around guns all my life, Sam, but I learned things here about guns and gunfights I never knew before. For example, the average length of a gunfight on the street is only two and a half to three seconds. Now, let me stop the average... you there. Let me stop you there because that just shocks me. And yeah. you would say, why is it so quick? Because somebody knows what they're doing and somebody else doesn't. Yeah, it's incredible. Two and a half to three seconds, the average length of a gunfight. And the average number of attackers is two and a half or three, right? So you'll, you'll either have two or three, but you'll often have three attackers. It didn't used to be that way. You know, 30 years ago when Front Sight first started, the average was one. But now they travel in packs. The bad guys like to travel in packs. And so you have to be very – and so part of the training is that is uh, if you have to use deadly lethal force, deadly force, if you, if you have to use deadly force, and they're very cautious about that, and you take down an attacker – uh, you know, you fear for your life, and you have to take down an attacker. You immediately check for his, you know, friends, his his, his fellow gang members, um, uh, or you know, cohorts, uh, opponents, basically we call them, um, and in case they're also lurking, uh, because they often travel in twos and threes. So, and we we learned the color code of mental awareness, the combat mindset, and most importantly, the criminal. And civil liability you may face after your force to defend your life with the use of deadly force. Talk about great training, Sam. It was both sobering but encouraging, and I enthusiastically endorse it. I hope all of our listeners will, will take the time and take the opportunity to go to Front Sight Nevada. And the sooner they do that, the better. Because And by the way, we don't get paid a penny for saying this. We just do believe that they're patriots, we believe they're pros, uh, and we believe that that kind of training uh, is worth the weight in gold. Um, the reason we say this, folks, is because, you know what, guns are wonderful things. If they're in the hands of, number one, a person who has the proper intent, which is self-defense and keeping law and order and peace, but it takes somebody who understands how to use that weapon, who understands the stakes of when to do what, somebody who has gone through the routine over and over and over and over so that mistakes aren't made, so that a practiced hand can be the steadying influence. Uh, anyway, we don't get paid a penny. We're just telling you front side's phenomenal. Tell you what right now, Lowell had a great time, and you can too. When we get back, we're going to talk about the Utah governor, whacked out Gary Herbert. Isn't he governor... Uh, what do you call it on his way out, uh, Lowell? Yeah, lame duck. All right, lame duck is what they call those guys. That's right. But I don't know that the next guy's a whole lot better. Hang tight. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. 
More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The calm before the storm by a friend of Megagoria. The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The calm before the storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. All right, I'm afraid our whacked out governor's got it wrong. Spencer Cox has been on this radio program. He'll be the governor elect. Um, I guess he is the governor elect. Uh, lame duck, um, Gary Herbert, doing us all harm, in my humble opinion. Uh, now, I, I like Spencer Cox. He's a nice guy. He's been on this program. He's very polite, very, uh, you know, respectful, and, and I was to him as well. I'm just starting to get concerned because I believe our politicians are being taken for a ride. What I don't know is how involved they are in this. Are they just, you know, being ran, led around by a ring in the nose, so to speak, and just doing what they kind of think is best? Not really knowing, and are they ignorant, or do they really know what's going on? Either way, the battle's on, and the governor just threw down some serious restrictions in the state of Utah. Lol. Boy, he sure did, Sam. Last night, 9.30 p.m. local time here in Utah, Governor Herbert uh, just you know, it broadcast a message from his office there. I guess in in, the, uh, in his home there, the governor's man. I don't know where he was. Uh, he recorded it there, probably at his governor's office at the Capitol, and it aired last night, 9:30 p.m. Okay, so he declared a state of emergency, which would last precisely two weeks. Okay, two weeks. Where have I heard that before, Sam? <laughs> this this emergency is going to last for two weeks. Well, you know, we heard that back in March, in the middle of March, when uh, Tony Fauci said we need to we need to be careful for two weeks. We need to stop what we're doing and shut down for just two weeks. We need to flatten the curve for two weeks. Now that's what we heard. He what did he do? Well, he issued a statewide mass mandate, uh, a restriction on social gatherings, uh, a curb on extracurricular activities, and mandatory testing for students. So those four 
Hold on. I want you to repeat those four just so they're clear. Yeah, yeah. So, And we'll walk through them a little more slowly. So the first was a statewide mask mandate, which means that businesses throughout the state of Utah now must require employees to wear masks while promoting patrons to wear face coverings inside the establishment, okay? So in other words, you've got somebody greeting you at the door wearing a mask and asking patrons to wear masks as they come in. Each business will be expected to post signage outlining, outlining the face mask requirement, the face diaper. Any company that fails to do so will be subject to fines, okay? So that's the, the mask mandate. Number two, the social gatherings being restricted to household groups. So if, you're, if someone's in your household, then you can socially gather with those persons. But state and local authorities will prosecute those who do not comply with the new restrictions, according to Governor Herbert. Organizers who violate these directives will be subject to fines up to $10,000 for each occurrence. So that would be like, you know, if I were to hold a meeting, for example, like the Highland meeting we have on the first Friday of every month, then, uh, according to Governor Herbert, I would be subject to a $10,000 fine for hosting and inviting people to that meeting because everybody's, I mean, people who are not from household groups would be gathering there. That's number two. Number three is extracurricular activities, okay, except for intercollegiate activities uh, are on hold. So extracurricular activities are on hold. These are activities such as intramural sports, club sports, city-sponsored sports, city-sponsored activities, and so forth. Now, he, he accepted intercollegiate activities because the intercollegiate athletes already have uh, testing and, and, and so forth monitoring in place. Yeah, he also accepted it because there's big money there, and he better not cross that line or people are <laughs> going to start to riot. Yeah, exactly. And then finally, number four, he ordered mandatory testing for students an accelerated testing program, basically, for asymptomatic students, meaning if you, even, even for individuals that don't have any symptoms of the, of the flu or the COVID or whatever, um, they get tested, too. Basically, he's going to focus on college students and those involved in extracurricular activities. Why? Well, because uh, apparently this new age group, this is the new age group, 18 to to 20, 35 who are spreading the, the COVID. I just have to laugh when I say that. Yeah, well, they're spreading it, right? The asymptomatic uh, 18 to 35-year-olds, uh, they're the spreaders, folks, the ones that don't look sick. Yeah, right. This yeah, when you trend, used to say to your kid, are you sick? Now you say to your kid, you're sick, you just don't know it. But, buddy, you are sick. You got that. Okay, this is <laughs> right. a psychotic turn of events that we have never seen in the history of the world. You don't know you're sick, but you're running around killing everyone. You're sick for sure because a cocoa, a COVID test said so. The yeah. cocoa said so. So you're sick for sure. Okay, it is absolute insanity. Now, the problem is we don't know where people stand. Does the governor really know this is a fraud? Or does the governor just think he's doing what's right? That's where I really have a hard time, Lowell. Me too, Sam. Now, Defending Utah did a nice piece where they talked about the 10th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. And, and, and apparently back in July, Governor Herbert 
said something that led them to believe that he was relying on the Tenth Amendment in order to do what he did, which at that point at, in July, basically, he, he called another state of emergency. But I think that's an erroneous understanding of the Tenth Amendment. It doesn't give the governor any more authority. The Tenth Amendment simply prohibits the general government from doing anything that's not specifically outlined in the U.S. Constitution, the blueprint for liberty. So I think he may have a, an un, a misunderstanding of the Constitution, Sam, which yeah, and it doesn't inspire me with confidence in our governor if he totally misunderstands the Tenth Amendment. But, you know, that's, that's what their take on it is. Um, and, and one of the most chilling parts of his statement about the fourth point it was this. He said, this will transition to eventual workplace testing for people 35 years and younger, as that age demographic is more likely to be asymptomatic, right? So not only is he going for students right now, but he's going for eventually workplace testing of people 35 years old and younger. And the funny thing about this, Sam, is that this is a two-week mandate. How's he going to get to the workplace in two weeks? Well, that's you know he's going way beyond the two weeks. That's why I made a big point of that two weeks. It's a charade, uh, you know, at the be at the beginning of our talk about this governor mandate because it's not for just two weeks. No way could he get to the workplace testing in just two weeks. It's going to last a lot longer, folks, and we better kick back a lot harder if we expect to maintain some liberty here in the state of Utah. Now, here's the interesting thing about this as well. Number one, we're really relying on the following things. Test, trace, and isolate. And you got to really kind of dig into that when you think about it. So, hey, we're not the double down. We're not shutting down businesses. But if you don't put up mask signs, and if you don't mandate masks, you will get 10 thousand dollar fines per occurrence now folks that is serious serious business my response is where does he get authority without the legislative body he tried to put it in the state of emergencies and the legislature has said no but he said yes the battle's on uh, regarding the checks and balances in the state of utah as it is in the nation okay but here's the the real question if we decide we're going to trace everything and everyone he's now called out the national guard for stepping up of tracing lol so now yeah. um even if you don't have the cocoa even if you test whatever they're going to continue to contact trace and i mean every one of us knows people who got the supposed cocoa so now what that means is hey they're going to contact trace to everybody and track you down where were you where did you go who are you where are your papers lol you um, we're contacting you because you were in the same place with so-and-so who was, in, you know, and we're not going to tell you who so-and-so is. We're just going to tell you you were in a place where you uh, are exposed. How much tracing, how much lockdown can we accept on the back end of this uh, as justifiable? I mean, you're violating the Constitution literally at every turn because what you're saying is because you were near someone, we don't know if you're sick or not, but because you're near someone, we're going to now track your phone number. We're going to track your address. We're going to track your name. Wherever you go, you're going to start to write down where you were, who you were with. And on the heels of this um, is an app teamed up with your cell provider to mandate reporting. The only way to get out of reporting eventually will be 
no cell phone for you. Uh, and, and so he made the point, then the vaccine comes. And, you know, where is this going to lead is what you really need to ask the governor. And it's not just one thing to say, hey, we're trying to slow, slow the spread. This goes into we're going to literally contact trace you. And then what, isolate you? What do they do with you if they find out you've been near the Coco? Lock you up, bro? What are they going to do? We'll talk about it. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani says as many as 10 lawsuits alleging election fraud will be presented this week. Giuliani goes on to say there is strong evidence that this was an election that in at least three or four states and possible 10, it was stolen. Now, you can't let an election go into history without challenging that. Alex Trebek has lost his battle with cancer. This is Jeopardy! The 80-year-old Jeopardy! game show host holds the record for the most episodes spanning 36 years. Alex Trebek! Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome aboard. In March 2019, he had been diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer and was among a small percentage of people to live a year or longer with the diagnosis. In July, he published his memoir, The Answer Is, Reflections on My Life. Mr. Trebek died at home in Los Angeles, California Sunday after more than 18 months fighting pancreatic cancer. USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I've been taking vitamins off and on my whole adult life, and I've never seen any change. Not like this, not since I've been on balance of nature. I used to take prescription medication for uh, muscle aches and stuff. I don't take that anymore. I wish I would have started it back when I first heard about it on the radio. And if I can give Balance of Nature any advice, keep it out on the radio because I still hear these commercials from time to time, and I'm thinking, you know, you people need to listen up. I mean, I'm over 50, and, you know, your body starts wearing down. But Balance of Nature has literally changed my life. It really has. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. With zero American states certifying their ballot counts, a slew of lawsuits to follow election irregularities, and the electorate not meeting until December, the election is still in question. That didn't stop mainstream media and Joe Biden from claiming the election. Also not recognizing the Biden claim is communist China. The Chinese government on Monday ignored questions on whether it would congratulate Joe Biden's claim of victory. A foreign ministry spokesman saying only that China would act in accordance to international practice. USA Radio News is not calling the race until all legal challenges are resolved. NASA Chief Jim Bridenstine told Aerospace Daily he will be stepping down, not for partisan reasons, but to ensure that politically NASA has the best chance of thriving under new leadership. The right question here is, what's in the best interest of NASA as an agency, and what's in the best interest of America's exploration program? Bridenstine said Sunday, the day after Democrat Joe Biden declared himself the winner of the 2020 U.S. presidential election. USA Radio News.
So, ladies and gentlemen, they're not about to let go of the cocoa. This is their, uh, what you call Trojan horse to steal freedom. Whether Governor Herbert knows it or not, this is an absolute game being played with the people. It's dishonest as all get out. And as this uh, cocoa virus continues, more evidence mounts about the fraud being perpetrated uh, on the people. This is out of control. Uh, I understand that some people get sick. I get it. That's how they, you know, there's always a little bit of truth, poison pill truth in that lie. Uh, the, people are getting sick enough to where you can't deny that it exists and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but they're playing games. And really, what's the end game in the state of Utah? You lock down for two weeks. Then what do you do? Say, hey, we haven't really got a handle on this. we got to lock down. you got to have that continue. Or maybe you give a reprieve for a little while, but you continue to ratchet up uh, the tracing and the isolation. So you got basically C, um, T, C, I. You got test, trace, and isolate. That's what they're going for, Lowell, and that's not going to end anytime soon. A lot of people thought after the election the cocoa would go, oh, no. Not so fast, my friend. Well, you're exactly right, Sam, and I have another word to say about um, COVID testing. They're basing, you know, Governor Herbert is basing this mandate um, on the increase in people running to the hospital, and, you know, he's afraid that they're going to get so full that they won't be able to accommodate people who actually need hospital care. And that's a function of two things, Sam. Number one is the test that they they take these PCR tests, which are, you know, mostly up to 90% of them are false positives, and we'll get to that in a second, why that's true. Um, But people take these tests, they say you've been diagnosed with COVID, and then so they go to the hospital, which, you know, occupies the time and attention of the hospital staff. Now, number two um, uh, is that most people do go to the hospital uh, expecting some uh, or the drugstore, you know, looking for some remedy for this this uh, faux cold that they have, this flu that they supposedly have, even though they're asymptomatic. Um, and, and that's a bad thing. There used to be, Sam, that people did not run to the hospital, didn't run to the doctor for a sniffle, let alone for the for a diagnosis of some test. You know, if you if I got the sniffles as a boy, then mom would nurse the cold so that my body cleansed and purified itself. We welcomed that opportunity to, to cleanse the body, and we drank herbal teas, and we, we uh, got lots of rest, lots of fresh air, lots of sunshine, lots of, of uh, like I said, rest. Uh, she very much emphasized the rest. And, I, and, and uh, so the body cleansed itself for a day or two or three, and then it's all better, and we, we never touched the medical industry never went to doctors, never uh, uh, bothered the, the medical establishment with a, with a cold, and let alone an asymptomatic diagnosis of, of the flu. It's incredible, Sam. So those two factors, one is the, the false positives from all these tests are being done. Number two is that people run to their doctor, run to the hospital, you know, instead of going to Mother Nature, instead of going to, um, uh, you know, what they know works. To, to you know to uh, to cleanse their bodies and to, to be be well again. So I mean, in other words, they're turning their back on their Creator, who who whose who divine design of the body was a periodic purification of the body. And we're designed that way, and and be, and because we're designed that way, we do get sick 
time to time. And we should welcome that opportunity, nurse the body, so that, and, you know, encourage the flow of toxin and catarrh from the body. And, and then you, once you're purified again, you, you continue life, that you just go on, Sam. So those are the two things that I point out, you know, that, that's wrong with this whole approach. There's running to the doctor and then people not taking care of themselves when they are feeling sick, Sam. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so I get, even if you want to say we don't want the hospitals to be overrun and too many people are running to the hospital, my response is we need a whole lot better training of when you need to go to the hospital and when you don't, and what you can do at home to decrease the likelihood of needing to go to the hospital. They don't do that. They don't talk about that. There's no efforts in that regard. All they say is, hey, the hospitals are about to be overwhelmed. And the only way is to lock everybody down. Now, the governor was very unique in his lockdown. He basically said, we're going to lock down all voluntary stuff, but we're not going to shut down the economy. And what they're searching for here at Lowell, in my personal opinion, is this. How can we keep the SARS ball in the air, keep the uh, economic ball in the air, take away freedom all at the same time? How do we juggle all those three balls? What they did at first is they kept the corona ball in the air, but they dropped the economic ball, and everybody melted down and said, wait a minute, this can't last forever. So then they said, oh, don't worry, the economic ball is coming back. Now we're juggling the two. But how can they continue to use the cocoa to take away your liberty while keeping the other balls in the air? Hey, you can economically be viable enough while we continue to steal your freedoms and while we continue to ratchet up tracking of everyone. Okay, so that's the three balls they're balancing. And what he said was, hey, we're going to lock down all voluntary stuff, all the, uh, you know, fun stuff that you do, lockdown. But we're going to keep businesses open. And I guess my point would be, why, how's that going to work? If we um, obey their mask idea, then the lockdown for personal, but the continue as usual for business stuff isn't going to really work. Now, they've been telling us to wear masks, and they've been telling us to lock down, and they've been teetering on all this back and forth, back and forth stuff for literally, what, nine months now? Bordering on 10 months? And now they say the outbreak is just ratcheting up all over the country. How can that be if we've been social distancing, if we've been wearing masks, if we've been locking down? And their only answer would be, well, Lowell, you just haven't been doing it enough, buddy. You haven't been obeying the tyrannical orders enough. What you got to do is obey them more. But now medical doctors are blatantly warning that bacterial pneumonias are on the rise, Lowell. Uh, Right, Sam. There's a group suing uh, the mayor of Tulsa and the Tulsa Health Department Executive Director Bruce Dart because they're alleging the city's mask mandate is harmful to healthy people. And and if I lived in Tulsa, I'd be joining that lawsuit. I'd like to sue Governor Herbert for this mask mandate that goes into effect this afternoon at 1 p.m. There's a doctor, James Meehan, medical doctor, Meehan, don't know how to pronounce Meehan or Meehan, James Meehan, medical doctor, he warned that mask wearing has well-known risks that have been well-studied, and they're not being discussed in the risk analysis that we see here today. He says, I'm seeing patients that have facial rashes, fungal infections, bacterial infections, Reports coming from my colleagues all over the world are suggesting that the bacterial pneumonias are on the rise. Why might this be, he asked? Because untrained members of the public are wearing medical masks 
repeatedly in a non-sterile fashion. They're becoming contaminated. They're pulling them off of their car seat, off the rear view mirror, out of their pocket, out of their purse, off the countertop, wherever. They're reapplying a mask that should be worn fresh and sterile every single time. Now, I don't agree that you should be wearing a mask every single time, but if you're going to wear a mask, you, you need to do a fresh, sterile one. Otherwise, the bacterial... Uh, but, Lowell, let me stop you. That's not, sustain- yeah. that's not sustainable or affordable. So here's what happened. By all the American people using their masks over and over and over, so far we haven't supposedly run out of masks. But Dr. Fauci lied in the beginning... He, he said we didn't need masks, and they don't work, and they're not helpful. And then it turns out that he claimed, hey, we got to have masks, we got to have masks. And then everybody brought up that he lied before, or he's lying now. And then he said, okay, we're going to play that game again now, right? <clears throat> and what happened was he then said, well, I kind of lied because the medical professionals needed the masks, and I didn't want to run a shortage. <clears throat> I didn't want to run a shortage on all that. So the debate raged on, but here's Dr. Fauci on that very point now. There's a lot of confusion among people and misinformation surrounding face masks. Can you discuss that? The masks are important for someone who's infected to prevent them from infecting someone else. Now, when you see people and look at the films in China and South Korea, whatever, everybody's wearing a mask. Right now in the United States, People should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying uh, 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 inside uh, uh, there? Of course, and... of course. But when you think mask... All right, there you have it. So he blatantly said masks aren't doing the good people are told they're doing. Now when we play that soundbite, what they say is that's an outdated soundbite and we're skewing Dr. Fauci's comments. Uh, no, we're just holding him to a standard. Now the doctors are doubling down and saying exactly what Fauci said. The masks don't do any good, and people are getting sick from them. But they continue to mandate them with reckless abandon. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheepherder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas, like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Just click on the shopping cart. The Loving Liberty Radio Network salutes the spirit of the American West and those who are keeping it alive at Range Magazine. 
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. All right, so Fauci has a credibility crisis. He first said wear masks. Or, I mean, he first said don't wear masks. They said, are you sure? He said, yeah, they don't do any good. They just can get you sick if you're not careful anyway. Now doctors are documenting people getting sick. And uh, the Utah governor issues a mask statewide mandate with fines. Folks are wanting to sue now. I think we got to sue the governor, Lowell. Yeah, well, he's being sued by Morgan Philpott. And uh, that other group, that parents group, and uh, so we'll see where that goes. All right, but a medical doctor warns people are getting sick from masks. This is nothing to play with, and even Fauci alluded to that in the soundbite I just played. Now he's saying you got to have masks. But the credibility crisis for Fauci continues to go on. Now Dr. Fauci says COVID test has fatal flaw. Bill Sardi writes on this big time. John Rappaport also writes, Lowell has details. Tony Fauci says, well, this is in a July 16 podcast, the podcast that apparently is named This Week in Virology. Uh, and in July 16 podcast, Tony Fauci says this, quote, the PCR COVID test is useless and misleading when the test is run at 35 cycles or higher, end of quote. Now, let's dig down into that for a second. A positive result, in, which means you've been infected by COVID, uh, cannot be accepted or believed if the COVID test is run at 35 cycles or higher. Now, what is a cycle? Well, a cycle is a doubling of the amount of sample or, or you know, pathogenic sample that you have in front of you. So they take a, they swab of your nose or whatever, and then they take a, a, a portion of that sample and they put it, uh, on, well, on a petri dish basically, and then they they cycle, they double the they double the size of whatever's there, and then they double it again. That would be two cycles. They double it again. That would be three cycles. And it's an exponential growth of a 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, and so forth. Exponential growth. And how many ever cycles you, you do determines how much material you have in front of you. In other you. words, what we're taking is a little piece of something from you. Uh, mm-hmm. From your blood, we're then saying we're going to replicate it over and over. What they're saying is the more they replicate it, the worse their results become. Yeah, it becomes is that, too sensitive. Is that sensitive. a good summary? Yeah, it's a great summary. It becomes too sensitive because, you you know, in other words, if you were to cycle this uh, 35 or more times, you guarantee that you're going to find a piece of COVID in that sample. You guarantee it. But Hold on. Stop. Stop. When you say yeah. a piece of COVID. They don't mm-hmm. have the COVID isolated at all, no, ladies and gentlemen. They, so when they tell you they do, they're lying. The CDC even admits they don't have it isolated. They just don't have a copy. All right. So yeah. what we're saying is you will find a piece of the supposed COVID. 
And what I mean yeah. by that is the COVID, what they're using is their COVID guidance or their um, comparative. So when they, when they test Lowell or Sam, they've got a piece of COVID they claim that they're comparing. That's nothing but a pattern of other people that they see that they believe are sick, that they say, okay, this is the pattern we're going to use. But that pattern is no more COVID than your test. Okay, they're not comparing to COVID because they don't have the COVID. Okay, let's be very clear about this. So they're comparing your sample to another sample. And if you replicate yours, because they only have a little teeny bit to start with, and they got to magnify it or, or duplicate it, replicate it enough to compare. If they do it too much, then it's out in the weeds. If they do it not enough, they can't get a good sampling. So they're suggesting there's a sweet spot of comparison, but they're not even comparing to the COVID. You understand that, right? Totally. Absolutely. Keep yes, going. And do. I don't mean to stop you, but I want to really drill that home because they're falsely in science making you believe that they really have like a, a real true sample. This is the truth telling comparison that we have here. That's a lie for starters. Absolutely right, Sam. Now, John Rappaport continues. He writes this. The FDA says that the test should be up to 40 cycles in order to determine whether the virus is there. Well, what did Fauci just say? The test is useless at 35 cycles or higher, and yet the FDA says to everybody, all the testing organizations, that they should do 40 cycles. That is exponentially, you know, way above the 35 cycles that, that you know, Fauci says is useless. In other words, every single test is, is criminal in nature because they're not telling you you know, they're, they're doing it for too many cycles. And, and there's even a New York Times article, Sam, that says the number of amplification cycles needed to find the virus, called the cycle, cycle threshold, is never included in the results sent to doctors and coronavirus patients. So even if you go take this PCR test, you don't get back from the testing lab the number of cycles it went through. So Fauci is known since at least July, says Bill Sardi, that the most COVID cases are false. The U.S. routinely uses 42 to 45 cycles. But let's Fauci be clear. Says, Anthony Fauci says above 35 cycles doesn't give you a solid report. It, it can't be trusted. So we know right. that he knows. But he's never said that the fault, the test isn't accurate. The game is being played in that. They don't tell you how many cycles they run it at. So Fauci has admitted the truth. But nobody in the media or anywhere else has tied that truth to what's really happening on the ground. So my question for Gary Herbert of the state of Utah when he forces masks on everybody because the cocoa is going through the roof. I would ask Governor Gary Herbert how many cycles are the Utah tests running at? And if he doesn't know the answer, I'd say, I don't mean to be rude, but you're just too ignorant to have this discussion. Why don't you get me somebody who knows? And if you get me somebody who knows then, and they say it's running below 35 cycles, then I'd say, you know what? Why don't we add that to every test result? Mm -hmm. And the question is, are they going to lie and fake the cycles in the lab? Or are they going to be honest and admit the truth? This is where the rub is. The disconnect is that Fauci's being honest in certain ways, but the bigger picture of the reality of how it's all going down, how it's working on the ground, in the lab, that's where the dishonesty happens. The lab technicians probably don't know any better either. No, they're just given a number of cycles to do. They just do the number of cycles. And, well, uh, and what they, and they, then what they would say is, hey, you know what? The FDA told me to run this number of cycles. Exactly. So they're not accountable, right? So this is where the game is all going down, folks. 
And John Rappaport writes, let me back this up for you. Fauci says the test is useless when it runs over 35 cycles. But the FDA says run the cycle at about 42 cycles to see if the virus is there. But even at the cycle list that we're running, we're comparing to something that's not really there either. So how do we know if the test is the cocoa if we don't have the sample of the cocoa to compare to? Lol, how dumb am I? Yeah, it's crazy, Sam. And I think I read one report by Bill Sardi or John Rappaport, one of the two, that said that they have 10,000 of these genes or, or, or pieces, and they have 37 identified out of 10,000. And that's they're, they're basing their whole uh, diagnosis of COVID-19 on, on, on this very, very incomplete picture. It's like 37 uh, uh, pieces of a 10,000-piece puzzle. They can sort of hook those 37 pieces together, and they say, well, that fits the pattern. It must be COVID-19. So, yeah, you're right. They don't have Hold on. That fits the, the guess pattern. That's not a factual yeah. pattern. That's an assessment um, downstream from science reality pattern, meaning, well, we see that when people are sick, this is what we see. But that doesn't yeah. mean that it's factual at all. And the asymptomatic piece is up to 25%, they claim. And then when you put that together with a test cycle ran wrong, you've got a recipe for flat-out dishonesty a truck can drive through, sir. It's fraud on a massive scale, Sam. And, and, and they really need to be held liable for this fraud. They're hurting people. They're shutting down businesses. Some will be closed forever. And they're scaring people. And, 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 and for, worst of all, we're hurting the cause of liberty because people are giving up their liberty in the hope of a little bit of temporary safety and security. And there is no vaccine for tyranny, ladies and gentlemen. None at all, Sam. <laughs> uh, in fact, by the way, before I forget it, the, the average vaccine is done in 15 years. If you want to develop a, uh, an effective, viable vaccine, all throughout history over the past 100 years, it's taken an average of, of uh, 15 years to develop. The fastest vaccine ever developed is seven years. And yet we have promises of developing a fa- you know, an effective, safe and effective vaccine in less than 18 months. Yeah, I don't think so. Plus, we've never vaccinated for the, for the cold, common cold. And that's what a coronavirus generates, the common cold. And it's so stupid for us to be thinking that we're going to eventually, you know, in the near future, have a vaccine for that. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I mean, they'll they'll they might market something that they say is a COVID vaccine, but it ain't it, it, ain't it folks. Well, they the World Health Organization that. did admit that lockdowns cause more harm than good. You would think all politicians would end lockdowns based on that information, but no, not at all, man. They, you know. They, they continue to lock down. Instead of admitting lockdowns are a mistake, the politicians just double down and, um, and, and claim that we can't return to normalcy until the coronavirus vaccine is in wide use. And that's where Ron Paul points out that, you know, the fastest vaccine ever done was done in seven years. The average time is 15 years. And so this suggests we'll be in lockdown for quite a few more years, folks. The COVID-19 vaccine trials are not going well, as you likely know. I mean, the animals they subject them to, they die. The humans that they, they give this to uh, get sick. So it's not looking good for the initial trials of these vaccines. Well, the assault on our liberty, Sam, will not end with 
deployment and use of a vaccine. That's for sure. This, uh, you know, Ron Paul goes into more detail about that. We need to remember, Sam, that government programs are never limited to their initial specification, right? Uh, the Social Security number was never to be used for anything other than the administration of the Social Security program. Of course, now your social, your SS number, your their social, they call it, is used for nearly everything. Yeah, they even used to have on the card not to be used for identification purposes. Now they've taken that off as well. That's right. The Privacy Act of 1974 guaranteed that, and look what's happened. Well, South Gates digital certificate plan could and likely will be expanded to include proof of individuals who have received a variety of other vaccines and medical treatments. This digital certificate might even extend to monitoring a person's lifestyle choices on the grounds that unhealthy habits, you know, make one more susceptible to diseases. So this digital certificate could also be tied to the Real ID program that would deny individuals who have not been vaccinated, deny them the right to travel. It might be combined with a future mandatory e-verify system uh, to deny unvaccinated people the right to hold a job, and so on and so forth. Sam, sounds to me like the mark of the beast that John discussed in the book of Revelation, Sam. Sounds like to me tyranny has no end, folks, and I get the panic. I get the claimed pandemic. I get the so-called, you know, for uh, emergency purposes or the ends justify the means or whatever you want to use to quantum leap and justify. Well, we just can't have the normal rules, Sam. It's a pandemic. It's It's a disaster. It's a emergency. It's a whatever claim they have for expediency. To get you to trade your freedom for security, folks, know that you got to catch them at the lie. And if you wait too long to catch them at the lie, you won't be able to stop their secret combinations and their push towards tyranny. Whether it be Coco, the COVID, whether it be the elections, whether it be riots in the streets, all things are culminating to say for expediency reasons, we have to deny your liberty to you. But don't worry. It's temporary. The satanic lies continue. We're here to tell the truth. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, syndicated by Loving Liberty Radio Networks. LovingLiberty.net. Lowell, thank you, sir. You're welcome, gentlemen. Doing a phenomenal job, as always. For Lowell Nelson, Sam Bushman, Kurt Crosby, we declare this nation shall endure. You better turn to God, folks. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. This is the broadcast for November 9th of the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our two of two. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. We believe the checks and balances are absolutely brilliant that the Founding Fathers put in place. But man, we seem to be jettisoning all that is holy, all that is sacred, all that is honorable, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Veteran Day is coming up. They say a bank holiday. Beware of that. It's a tough decision of what even to discuss on the radio. 
Dr. Scott Bradley with us to preserve the nation, his goal in collegiate series. You can check it all out at freedomsrisingsun.com. Welcome, sir. Well, thank you. Good morning to all. And I'll just uh, say that it's a frosty morning in my neck of the woods. It is everywhere, <laughs> sir. So, I always get... <laughs> Go ahead. Let's ask this quick question. Um, it's hard to know what to talk about. Last night, a big mask mandate with fines in Utah statewide by the governor. I should say the lame duck governor, I might add, although I believe the next governor would do the same thing and maybe even more so. Time will I believe tell. our next governor will be worse than our current governor, and that's a really big leap. That's, so, a, that's hard to even imagine. That's a scary scenario, to say the least. Um, the mandates are out of control. What they're really trying to do is they're trying to literally test, contact trace, and isolate everybody. It's T-C-I, taste, or test, contact, trace, and then isolate is where they're really heading with that. And a lot of people thought after the elections, hey, don't worry, the cocoa would just go away. Oh, no, no. Not so fast. There's no vaccine for tyranny, ladies and gentlemen. And despite more and more evidence that the attitudes and the behaviors of bureaucrats and politicians are completely wrong on how to handle this thing, uh, Trump was kind of wishy-washy on it. He stood for a lot of what was right, but yet he let his leaders kind of sell us out. But Joe Biden and others will be 10 times worse. The Utah State Governor will be worse. The World Health Organization, the WHO, recently admitted that lockdowns do more harm than good. You would think every politician would back off, but oh, no, no. John Rappaport even writes, talking about the COVID tests, how false and fake they are, that even Anthony Fauci says when you run these tests, if the cycles go over 35, it's an invalid test, and it's basically bogus. There's a fundamental flaw if you will, in the cocoa tests. But the number of application cycles need to be under 35, says Fauci, but the FDA is saying run them at 42. So we have a serious problem where hospitalizations are going up big time. People are getting sick. Tests are going through the roof. That's on one hand. The rioting in the streets sure to come as a result of the elections on the other hand. So it's hard to know whether we should talk about the cocoa or the vote fro, the vote fraud going on. But I think the vote fraud needs some attention here, ladies and gentlemen. Now, here's how I'm going to start this discussion for Scott Bradley. I just want you to know the AP, you heard me, the AP called it. Joe Biden reaches 270. Doesn't matter if states have finished their counting. Doesn't matter if states are saying, wait a minute, we got a recount. Doesn't matter if there's FBI or Justice Department investigations into fraud. Doesn't matter if the counts aren't complete. Doesn't matter if the states have conceded or not or, 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 or um, finalized their results or not. Doesn't matter what the Electoral College says. I want to tell you, the Associated Press called 270, doctor. You know, it's interesting on um, election night. I, uh, of course, I try and pay some attention to these things, and and I made some observations that, to me at least, were kind of interesting. Uh, there were projections in in uh, a lot of places, and uh, you know, it's pretty easy to make a projection about uh, Washington, Oregon, and California about how they're going to go. Uh, the the deeper the uh, um, population, the deeper the socialism. That's kind of an, a corollary of thought on that, but. I, I watched, for example, fairly early in the evening, um, uh, Virginia, I think, had about 10% of their votes counted, and they called it for Biden. 
And I thought, holy cow. I mean, you know, things can change as, as the evening goes on. Uh, you look back in 2016 is to see how things shaped up. And, and you're absolutely right. The, the Electoral College vote is not even scheduled to occur until mid-December. The idea that states have to certify them uh, in the next week or two, it depends by state. And uh, a lot of the votes have not finished. The one in Arizona that particularly chapped Mr. Trump and his, his team, the Arizona was called by Fox for, uh, to begin with. And, of course, Fox revealed their true, um, I think, colors on those kinds of things. But uh, the fact of the matter is they had over 500,000 votes still to count. And it's been one of those, you know, situations where, where you say that this can still go anywhere. Other states like Florida had 99.9% of their votes counted, and they would not call it for President Donald Trump on the other side of the coin. It's absolutely true, and right now you go to you go to virtually any of the lame brain uh, mainstream media organizations, and they have uh, Biden set up with 290 electoral votes and Trump with 214. Uh, they're done, done, done. And I'll, I'll tell you one of the real concerns. I mean, there there should be a point when we do have this completely resolved with all of the issues on the table, and uh, and we could talk about why there are so many issues on the table, and I wish we would for a little while. But but the point of the matter is, the, uh, the, the, the problems we're going to have if this ends up flipping. I mean, there will be blood in the streets. I do not doubt that for one nanosecond. I believe that the people will feel that they have been robbed of their rightful victory, those that are in Biden's camp. And, and if it's flipped, what's happening right now is a precursor to a deep and wide, angry response that I'm concerned will 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 result in not just a low-grade guerrilla warfare like we've been having going on in this country. It will be an open rebellion that will cause great trouble. Now, All right. If Biden so, does- so here's my headline for this, and I want to get your take on it. AP calls it question mark. Joe Biden reaches 270. Election night, coup d'etat exposed. Dr. Bradley. Well, you know, I uh, just think for a minute with me. Four years of arduous, unending, um, totally, completely unbounded efforts to unseat uh, Donald Trump. I mean, from the very moment that it looked like the election was going to flip from what the polls said they were going to be on back in the November of 2016, clear until this very moment. I mean, how many times do they do they get a shot? I mean, literally, uh, that's the only thing that's been missing in the effort to to take this president out, and and it has been unending in every case. It has gone nowhere. Why would anybody think that this opportunity would go by the wayside without a strenuous effort to pull the levers of government in their favor? And by the way, um, I, I truly believe that, that the uh, whole setup, this, this mail-in vote, this idea of uh, motor voter registration, the idea of, of uh, mass uh, uh, registering of voters, uh, I mean, the whole thing, we need to go back to a heritage or a vintage kind of voting with people coming to polls, voting in person among their neighbors. Can't, Dr. The Coco. No, no. 
The Coco was a facade. Oh, it's going to just kill facade. everybody. You ain't seen nothing yet, buddy. They're going to contact Trace. They're going to test. They're going to lock everybody down and isolate. They're just getting started, I hate to tell you. Don't you think this is all related? Oh, yeah, I know it I is. Mean, and that's and why about this. That's why I bring <laughs> these two topics up together, Doctor, like I do. So Rand Paul mocks them a little bit on this, and here's what he said. Rand Paul, quote, your government sent 1.1 million dead people stimulus checks. I wonder how many of those people also voted absentee. And so that's kind of the mocking that Rand Paul uh, is giving this thing. Now, Georgia, Secretary of State, quote, there will be a recount. Nearly 9,000 military ballots still outstanding. So I don't see how the Associated Press calls it when states haven't certified their votes, when states aren't finished counting votes, when states are still uh, in some situations where it's closer claiming they need a recount, where there's not only allegations by fraud by President Trump, which the Democrats and the liberal media say has no evidence, but you see the James O'Keefe video showing evidence You see people willing to testify of vote fraud evidence. You have documentation of missing ballots at the post office where the courts already ordered the post office find them. They didn't find them on time. This is not over yet, number one. Number two, I agree with Dr. Scott Bradley that you'll see probably rioting in the streets like you've never seen before. Because if the courts double down for Donald, uh, even if they might be truth-telling at that point and getting to to the transparent truth on this, What they'll say is, you know what, Donald stacked the courts, and now the courts are paying him back. If Trump loses, it won't go well. So I don't know what's going to happen here, but I don't believe it's over yet at all. I think they have committed fraud. The only question is, does the nation have the stomach to see transparency on the fraud? Will the courts tell the truth? Will the states, will the Electoral College uh, right this wrong? Will we see an overturn? Uh, Well, you got Joe Biden and Kamala Harris already doubling down and starting the transition period. Donald Trump complaining about it. Uh, Kurt Crosby first, and then we'll get to Dr. Scott Bradley. What do you expect to happen? Well, uh, we've sure had, uh, you know, havoc from sea to shining sea, and I guess I expect more of it, Sam. I wish I could say it differently. When we come back, who gets sworn in January 20th? Which one of the two? Or nobody? Is it delayed? What do you suggest is going to happen? Liberty Roundtable Live. One thing 2020 has made clear. Being prepared for the unexpected sure helps in times like these. In this spirit, we would like to invite your family to the Loving Liberty Emergency Preparedness Fair at Liberty Hall, Saturday, November 21st from 11 to 3. Whether you're just starting your preparedness out or you're looking for a few more odds and ends, we've got you covered. Hear from preparedness experts, get supplies from vendors, enjoy great barbecue from the IDK barbecue food truck, make new friends and connect in person come. Join us Saturday at Liberty Hall, November 21st from 11 to 3. Just register online at lovingliberty.net. 
By the way, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to tell you, because of the Coco, this commercial has to be taken out. It's been canceled. Otherwise, you get, what, $10,000 fines? In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999. Text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999 or go to defendapatriot.com. Defendapatriot.com. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Well, Sam, uh, you know, uh, and uh, Dr. Scott Bradley, uh, we find ourselves uh, in a cool, crisp uh, Utah morning. uh, And yet, uh, you know, things are really heating up uh, across the country, as far as I can tell. Uh, One of the things you mentioned, Sam, was that, uh, you know, or uh, I think it was Dr. Scott Bradley mentioned that, uh, hey, what would happen if if the, quote, results were overturned uh, through the courts or through the uh, investigations that are going on now. And and I thought this uh, story from uh, World Net Daily kind of gives you a picture of that. You can do that, but you're uh, supposed to answer my question, though. Who's going to get inaugurated? I know, Sam. I think the president will get inaugurated, but I'm Okay, so you believe the uh, courts will um, uh, get involved and will overturn uh, what they're claiming? I don't think it's just the courts. Okay. Uh, I mean, we're we're seeing a lot of people involved uh, from right up top to bottom. Uh, we're seeing, uh, uh, I guess, you know, that's why I bring up these examples to say this is why I believe this to be true. Um, you know, uh, for example, and I don't think there's any safe way to get around it. You're still going to have upset people. Uh, just like in this story, it says Biden supporter thought yard sign would deter angry protesters. But video shows he was wrong. A uh, guy had a Biden uh, sign and because he was white. You know, he was just kind of a target and uh, a problem. And then you've got. Uh, now, by the way, as much as we may disagree with this guy and his support for Biden, uh, I believe he has every right to his beliefs and we need to be peaceful yeah. about that. And that's a sad tale. Right. We're not going to take away his sign, but he had literally, I think, put the sign up and he tried to talk to these people. It shows a video of it and stuff. Tried to talk to him and say, hey, I'm on your side and all that kind of stuff. But that still wasn't enough. They were uh, very adamant about uh, him being a problem because he's a white guy, Sam. And then, you know, the other thing I would say is uh, I'm hopeful that we get something akin to you know a new movie i watched uh, you know and i know that you'll say oh kurt here you go off on a movie thing but this movie's called uh honest thief i don't know if either one of you have heard of it but in this movie they uh a bank robber um you know he 
kind of gets religion, if you will. In other words, he, he falls in love with a woman and he wants to confess and straighten up things. And I'm hopeful there's a bunch of these people that are aware of uh, these criminal acts. And I, I already believe we see this happening, uh, that they'll come forward and they'll say, hey, I want to clean up my, you know, clean up things in America and my life. And I want to you know, come forward and say, here's what happened. Uh, like when you see these vans full of uh, Biden uh, votes, um, you know, that somebody says, hey, here's what happened. Here's who told me about it. And this is why I'm coming clean. I, I don't want to live with this lie. And that's what I hope happens as we investigate what the president started to do in the early days of his presidency where he uh, had a voting fraud commission but it never really went anywhere i'm hopeful that the next uh, two to three months will bring a deep dive into this problem and hopefully uh, some real solutions all right i pray kurt's right dr bradley what do you think is going to be the case you know as, as you guys know i um, I've been involved in, in this effort to restore the cause of liberty, the proper government. We were bequeathed at such great cost for decades. And I've been back and forth this, across this country from Florida to Alaska and, and uh, New Jersey to California many, many times speaking. And I can't tell you how many times there have been people that I've run into that, uh, you know, and, you know, people would say, though, they're on the fringe and everything like that, that I want to get their, you know, M16 and run out in the streets and, and start a battle. And, uh, you know, this goes back, you know, and uh, I don't know if my phraseology will, will date it a little bit because, you know, now everybody's flying F-35s. But but um, I, I'd say to them, you got an M16, but they got an, F an F-16. Uh, and uh, napalm is really a difficult thing to fight. And, and But I, I've known people for decades that we've, as we've gone back and forth across the country, that are willing to uh, come to revolt. And I've always discouraged that uh, vehemently and said there's two things that we have the American founders do, did not have. One was the Constitution. And hold on, and that no other country has, let's be clear. That's correct. One was the Constitution, and I say was, and in a purposeful way, and I say the other was the vote. And uh, those two things uh, took away the need or even the purpose or legality of bloody revolt, uh, because we, the people, have the tools to correct this. But for over those decades, there's been a, an effort to shred the Constitution. While we, we currently still have that organic document, and anybody can pick one up, and I usually carry several personally when I'm out and about, um, and uh, and so it's it's easily obtained, but but so rarely applied. And and what we have now is is just a skeletal remains in terms of daily operation. Yeah, we have a bicameral Congress, and a, we have an executive, and we have a judiciary. But the fact of the matter is that it's almost never applied. Almost never. Everything is is done by a dictate as though a communist regime was in power or a monarch or something like that. These mandates, for example. And the American people have completely lost their bearings as to understanding the limits and bounds, checks and balances, separation of powers, the, the idea of delegated authority. All those kinds of things have been abandoned by the American uh, psyche. 
And so that, that's been going on for decades, and then they've been wheedling away at the, the vote. You know, they get these uh, voting machines that are so easily hacked, and, and uh, they're, they manufacture votes and manipulate votes and everything. And now we've got this horrid thing of mailing in votes. I mean, and, and printing presses work really good, and they can print up lots and lots and lots more than they should. And if you've got unscrupulous people that are involved in opening and counting those things, and, and this stuff has been has been put in place. and, and But, Dr. Bradley, argument, if you can accept fractionalized banking uh, where there's fiat and no hard backing, why can't you just fractionalize voting? Come on now. Why? Well, you, know, you know me well enough, and I know you're joking, but the fact of the matter is you're right. I don't accept fractional banking. And, and it's been a facade that's been facilitated uh, by Keynesians all down through the 20th century, basically. But the fact of the matter is that Americans no longer seem to have the understanding of what it takes to obtain and maintain liberty. And I'm really, really concerned for the republic. Amen. Now, I, I am think- joking about that in a, in a way, but I'm also trying to highlight a real truism, though. If a, it, Honesty is the issue, doctor. And if we don't have honesty in our medium of exchange, in other words, our money, our medium of exchange, then I, our medium of exchange, then I'm telling you, we can't have honesty in other things. How do you expect it? The core of every transaction is dishonest. It, it absolutely is. And it's not just money. I mean, I don't want to demean or d- diminish what you're saying because you're absolutely correct. No, you're right. It's not just but, money. I'm just saying money is one of the core pieces. If we're not honest in our transactions, one with another on every single transaction, because of the dishonesty in the core of money, I don't know how we'll be honest in everything else. So honesty is the issue, and it's not just money. You're exactly right. But I compare it because that's kind of at the core. It's been going on for 100-plus years. And if you expect honesty in everything else except for our core transactions, you've lost your mind. Well, war is the most onerous burden that any nation ever bears, and we haven't had a constitutional war in this country, probably not a just war in this country, for more than 200 years. And so here we we talk about these things and the limits and bounds and all these kinds of things that happen. How can you take my money to give to to Kurt because he's poor? I mean, you know, it'd it'd be the other way around, probably Kurt's money being taken by you to give to me. But I, I make the point in saying the whole thing is a basis of fraud and that we don't understand that none of these things are authorized. But but we're more interested in whether or not somebody's going to have an NFL or an NBA season than we are about protecting these things. Now, uh, let's go back to the, your question about the 20th of January. I uh, Kurt brought something up that really concerns me, and, and it's very fortuitous he did. This election fraud commission that was uh, initiated here almost four years ago, as he talks about, didn't gain any traction. I'm very, very concerned that that will be the same outcome with this because, oh, just accept what the the voters said. Well, the voters— In fact, Mitt Romney's already doubling down and mocking President Trump on that very issue. Well, Mitt Romney hasn't been right on very many things in his entire life, I don't believe. But the fact of the matter is—I mean, here's the guy that— that started Obamacare in Massachusetts was the template for what Obamacare later became. He's the one that he's the godfather of same-sex marriage in the United States by his own executive edict. I mean, we can go on and on and on about these things. And he carpet bags in uh, Utah and then gets elected by hook or by crook. And, uh, it, it, ladies and gentlemen, we're in trouble. You want to know why? It all comes down I'm, to the morality. It all comes down to the morality of the people, ladies and gentlemen. Quick pause. 
protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Considering the average flu shot is 40 to 60% effective, today's announcement by Pfizer of a COVID-19 vaccine that's 90% effective is a great day for Earth's population. The study was conducted with nearly 44,000 people. 50 million doses will be available worldwide this year for the two-shot procedure. With more on the way, the markets are rallying at this hour after the news was announced. The Dow Jones is up 6.5%, hovering around 30,000 points. Russia has joined China in not congratulating Joe Biden for his self-proclaimed win of the presidential election. Both countries have said they will wait until the election results are official. At this time, zero states have certified their ballot counts, numerous lawsuits are pending, and some states don't have final numbers yet. Speaking at a regular press briefing in Beijing Monday, Chinese Foreign Minister spokesman Wang Wenbin said that China had noted Biden's declaration of victory. USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world? One life at a time. I had begun to notice after 10 days with Balance of Nature, I felt better, more energetic. And believe me, for me, that's something because I have energy anyway. But as old as I am, that was really something to start really noticing. You know, we're all responsible for choosing what our attitudes are, but I had a better mental outlook. I mean, I always try to be positive, but there were subtle things in me that I began to notice. I just felt a difference with this. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. The battle for the Senate is all but certain to come down to Georgia as the close race for Republican Senator David Perdue likely heads to a runoff election. Perdue fell below 50% in his race against Democrat John Ossoff. When no candidate clinches a majority of the vote in Georgia, the top two vote-getters compete in a runoff, and that's going to take place on January 5th. With four uncalled races, the Senate breakdown currently sits at 48-48. to Retail giant Walmart said on Friday it was selling its retail operations in Argentina to a South American supermarket chain and pulling back as that country struggles with an economic crisis. Walmart did not disclose the size of the deal involving more than 90 stores, but it said it would record about a $1 billion loss related to the sale in its fiscal third quarter. Tropical Storm Etta is tracking near South Florida and may re-strengthen, possibly into a hurricane. Etta made landfall in Cuba early Sunday morning as a tropical storm. The center of Etta is now moving over the Florida Straits. USA Radio News. All right. Thanks for your patience during the pause. You're back up, Dr. Bradley, as you are continuing. You're very concerned about the point Kurt made. Well, it, yeah, it's uh, it's so easy to discount that, and and the sur- superficial view of all of the lame brain mainstream media is that hey, wait, 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 we, you know, this is all a done deal. How could there ever be a problem? And and they want to sweep it under the table. But the fact of the matter is, there are, as in noted in that uh, just uh, finished uh, news uh, break, that that there are many, many uh, strings untied, if you will, in this whole thing. And it's interesting to me, by the way, that that the Republicans made some pretty uh, amazing inroads in for the House, for example, as well as 
in in the states. And for example, uh, by all actions, you know, I don't know the man in Montana that's been the governor, but his actions indicate a very communistic perspective on things. And uh, they just elected a, a Republican governor. They were done with that up in Montana. So, so there have been uh, gains by you know Trump's party, and uh, and these are not reflective in how things were handled for him. And it's almost like, you know, and this is something that needs to be thoroughly examined. There needs to be a complete airing of this thing as to why Trump got thrashed. And I mean, not thrashed, but was was beaten in states that did a flip on the way they were running a lot of their policies. And by the way, there's an old, uh, I don't know, it's an anecdotal story, and I, I think it's true, but I'm not positive, that in one of the Kennedy elections for Jack Kennedy, his dad says, look, we're only buying as many votes as we need, and I'm not paying for a damned landslide. And, uh, and it's like, uh, huh, this stuff's been going on for a long time. And they're just getting by by the skin of their teeth, and they're not paying for a landslide, which many thought it would be for for Mr. Biden. But there, but there's a uh, these things, these shenanigans, uh, these these kind of difficult to explain flips that happened in the middle of the night, and then there's those that are seeing truckloads of ballots being. Uh, you know, brought in after the ballot. Is it a stretch? Uh, is it a stretch to say they've kicked off a coup d'état? Well, that's what they've been trying to do for four years. Yeah, but I now mean, they've no, got it. No now they've got it done. Depending on now, I wrote an article, an open letter to Donald Trump back in 2016, and the reason that I did is because I was being attacked relentlessly for interviewing Donald Trump Jr. and I had James Edwards with me, and they basically said James Edwards was a a white supremacist KKK guy, which nothing is true. They even uh, lied about uh, Don, uh, James Edwards uh, in um, oh Detroit, Michigan, the Detroit Free Press or whatever, said James Edwards was a KKK leader in their article. James sued them. He lost. And their justification was, no, it's the company you keep, James. Aesop's fables uh, wins here. Never mind that your case fits the textbook definition of libel and slander. We don't care. Uh, and so James lost. Well, I wrote an article about all this, and I basically said open letter to President Trump. Hey, I interviewed your son. They're slamming me for it. They're slamming James for it. They're slamming your son. Your son has disavowed us over at President Trump. Okay, um, how come Joe Biden... Barack Obama can hang out with literally Jeremiah Wright and Black Lives Matter and Antifa and and Louis Farrakhan and, and and I mean we go on and on and on these communists and thugs Kamala Harris Joe Biden um, and they don't get beat up but yet you know what if you hang out with James Edwards who does believe the white people have a right to speak for their cause he does believe that 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 white people have a a place at the table for discussion he's not full of hate he's not a KKK leader he's never even been a KKK member for that matter, but they lied and committed libel and slander. Now, President Trump said, hey, I'm going to go after libel and slander in my first administration. He never did. But I'm telling you, who owns the media makes the rules. And we defend our interview with your son with no apologies, no equivocation, and no surrender. And then I go on and say this, and this is relevant here four years later. I say this. You have had incredible success, President Trump, when you stand with the truth and take on the media directly. However, when we back down and capitulate to their demands and to their false narrative, we lose the moral high ground. 
in my opinion, you will eventually lose your campaign for president if you do not stand against these intentional media-created fabrications. We should always be willing to follow the Prince of Peace and stand for that which is right, especially when it isn't easy to do so. We should be willing to talk and work with everyone in an effort to unify all people and to make America great again. Anyway, then I give an invitation that he can come on the radio program and, and, and let's stand together for the sacred cause of liberty. I bring this up, though, because I predicted it. I was a little bit late. He won the first round, and now it's the second round. But the same principles apply. He never got to the bottom of libel and slander. He never got to the bottom of vote fraud. And if the vote fraud that he speaks of is really true, which I, I believe that it is, then he had four years to try to clean it up. He didn't. And now it's coming back to bite him, and he doesn't really have a leg to stand on. What I mean by that is he's right. But if he's right and vote fraud happened in 2016 to the point, who went to jail? Who, how did we solve this in the last four years? All we did was talk about it, get shut down when they shut down his commission. Now he's complaining about it, complaining about it, but I don't see anybody going to jail. And if there's vote fraud on a grand scale for literally dozens of years and there's no accountability, in other words, nobody's going to stop that secret combination, then why are you surprised when it continues to increase? Okay, if you don't stop the infestation of roaches in your house, cockroaches, then why are you surprised when you wake up one morning and at some point the roaches are just taken over to the point where you just can't live with it anymore? Why are you surprised? Uh, Doctor, I don't mean to be ignorant, but I predicted this in writing in an open letter to the President of the United States. Well, you know, the, there's so many pieces at play on this whole thing. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, you hear about people talking about Trump and how he's pay, playing, I don't know, fourth, fifth dimensional, whatever, chess with everybody, and he's got this under control. And it would appear to me that he did not and does not have it under control. And it's, as you point out, something that should have been bird-dogged right to the very nth degree in the last four years. There was no stomach to do that. And uh, I, I'm not confident that in the next two months we're going to find that that's easily brought to closure. And uh, I, I think that, I mean, and, and you can take any level of anything you want to. I mean, whether it's uh, Hunter Biden's thing or the... The uh, the stuff that's happening in terms of uh, international um, money transpiring coming into the Biden family, all those kinds of things. Uh, none of this stuff, the, the Hillary Clinton locker-up chance, none of those happened. I mean, the idea of, of uh, her selling off um, uh, so much of our strategic uh, uranium, uh, the idea of payments coming in from the Kremlin into her camp rather than into Trump's camp. I mean, she was the one that was being influenced by, by Putin's organization. We can go on and so on here's and the on. way. here's the way I see it, though. If we didn't have the stomach for it last election, and if Trump's right, there was vote fraud, and I believe there was in 16. Uh, and if we're not going to drill into it when we've known this is going on for decades— if we're not going to stop the media from their libel and slander, they can call James Edwards a KKK leader, even though he's never even been a member, much less a leader. It's just not the truth. Okay? But if they can say President Trump is just a, a sore loser, a crybaby, a little toddler, and they can commit vote fraud and no one's going to be put in jail, we said lock him up. What was it, in 2015 we were saying that? And we really thought we'd see pay dirt. Now, I'm not here to attack President Trump. What I'm here to do is document 
the stomach that the people have and the willingness their leaders have to truly take on secret combinations. And they're not doing it. And so as much as I think there is vote fraud, what I think they'll do is the courts, the electric college, everybody will come back and say, hey, there was vote fraud in isolated instances. There's no doubt about it. We have stopped the bad guys at low levels for doing that. We're so sorry. Trump did. I mean, he wasn't right on the grand scale. He overstated the issue. But there is a couple of examples where, but you know what? That's not enough to overturn the election. In fact, we've never overturned an election in the United States on a grand scale like this at all. And we've never had vote fraud on a grand scale. Yeah, there was a couple more glitches because of the COCO, the COVID. We had to do a little bit of different things. And a, a couple of unscrupulous folks took advantage of that, by golly, for sure. But it won't overturn the American people's will, Dr. Bradley. It surely won't do that. And then they'll just move along. And Donald uh, will be forced to capitulate. I hope I'm wrong, but I bet that happens. I, I pray you're wrong, but my perception is that, sadly, that's that's in our tradition. And and voter, I'll give you an example. Uh, back in 1948, when Lyndon Johnson stole the election down in Texas, and uh, the Supreme Court went along with him. By the way, some of those Supreme Court uh, people that were involved and the people that were facilitating Hold on, that, not in 48. You mean 68? No, 48. 48, okay. When he was running back in Texas, you know, he's going into Congress. Okay, I mean, so let's and, be clear that. So people don't need to understand. So we're talking about it was a state election in Texas before it ever correct. became a presidential discussion. And the Supreme Court didn't, they refused to observe it. Uh, Hoover brought stuff to the, on the, the Kennedy fraud in the 1960 election. It probably wouldn't have overturned the election. But I'm here to tell you that uh, the Attorney General at the time, Robert Kennedy, uh, refuse to look at it. I mean, this has just been the way we sweep it under, and they say, well, we'll pick it up next time. And the they don't. It never gets picked up. Lives on. Never gets picked up. Regrets? Oh, we're all going to have them. Doesn't matter who you are or what you do. At some point, you're going to wish you'd done something differently. You know, the woulda, coulda, shouldas. But let me tell you a couple of things you'll never regret. You'll never regret spending extra time talking to your teenager, trust me. You'll never regret answering your three-year-old's question about where the water in the bathtub comes from. And I've never seen anyone wish they hadn't sat in the kitchen laughing with their children and telling them goofy stories about when they were kids. Yeah, sure, we're all gonna have regrets, but talking too much with our kids won't be one of them. No matter what you talk about, love is what they'll hear. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator. As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not gonna protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception 
until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. All right, so that commercial there from Rand Paul about pro-life, I believe, is the reason we're in the trouble we're in, folks. It is a morality issue. Okay, and I'm telling you, the people don't have the stomach for the truth. Uh, the courts may try to care and may try to do something, but I think that the chances of us getting this election overturned uh, is almost zero. Uh, and, and even if there's vote fraud and even if they prove it, I think what they'll say is it's an isolated cases, can't do much about it. And, um, you know, hey, we'll get to the bottom of the bad guy, bad actors on occasion. Sorry, there was a new mail system in place. We're in unprecedented times. Therefore, hey, you know what? It was glitchy. We agree. But the will of the people has been really delivered. And that's the end of that. And Trump, you're just a sore loser. And I say that because the Democrats are against Trump. The media is against Trump. There's still significant folks appointed by Republicans that are against Trump on the courts. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of Republicans against President Trump. Romney typifies the spear on that reality check. And I pray that Kurt's right. But I, I'm predicting that the people aren't moral enough to deserve uh, anybody who would even uh, approach righteousness. We've embraced socialism and communism for so long. We murder the most innocent among us. And if you think you can just turn your back on God that blatantly, that openly, that clearly, and expect to have liberty, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't work that way in the uh, eternal tally of things. It doesn't work that way when eternal law and eternal principles are in play. You can't wait to the judgment bar for individuals to be judged for their deeds done in the body. Nations are judged, um, for the most part, immediately for their, their reality. Okay, And so I, I wish it were different, but I've been predicting this forever. I predicted Donald Trump would be in trouble if he doesn't start locking people up and if he doesn't have a handle on this. I predicted that, hey, you can't just allow the libel and slander. When the courts of this land at the appellate level say, James Edwards, we don't care if you're a KKK member or a leader or not. You know what? By the company you keep Aesop's fables, we're going to say you're guilty even though it's not true. Carry on, press. And then President Trump says, hey, I'm going to go after libel and slander, and he literally does nothing in over four years. And when we say lock them up, the will of the people hasn't been done. The people wanted to lock up uh, criminal activity. We never did a thing. We just let prisoners out of prison. That's all we did. And so, Kurt, uh, to you now, I'm not trying to be negative, but I don't see how we as an immoral people can expect God to protect us. Well, there's. Uh, I'm not going to defend the, the idea that... Um, we can be immoral and have God protect us. Uh, I won't. I won't do that. Uh, but what I'm hoping for, Sam, is that the uh, good people of America, um, that they will see the importance of this, and that they will um, continue to pray and or work. Well, pray, for example, like it uh, all depends on God, and work like it all depends on them so that we can have uh, justice and a, uh, uh, well, righteous outcome on this election. Amen. And I agree. None of us are going to defend immorality and, and the blessings that we could get from that stance. I agree. What I would hope, though, and this is what I don't know, I would hope God would give us another chance. You know what? He gives us tender mercies every day in personal life. Uh, and I think as nations, uh, they receive tender mercies as well. And I pray we get a tender mercy here. I pray that there's enough good in this nation where the Lord says, you know what? 
I'm going to give you another opportunity to turn to me. Uh, that's my prayer, Dr. Bradley. Well, going back to 1787, you know me, I always do stuff like this. Love it. Uh, during the convention, um, George Mason said, as nations cannot be rewarded or punished in the next world, they must be in this. By an inevitable chain of causes and effects, providence punishes national sins by national calamities. And then Jefferson later said, And can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when they have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people, that these liberties are of the gift of God, that they are not to be violated, but by his wrath. And and there's a there's a case to be made of when nations have ripened in iniquity to the point that they've abandoned these things. Now, I, I again, I, I left home when I was 16 and traveled this country. I'd been from Florida to Alaska when I was a teenager. And uh, that was before going in the service and having uh, <laughs> developed a great love for this country. And I love America, uh, just not the principles of the, na- uh, the nation that it was founded on. I love the people. I, I've been in their homes and their farms and and, and uh, eaten meals with them in their humble settings. Yeah, you almost did a modern-day to Tocqueville, didn't you? <laughs> well, in a lot of ways. But the fact of the matter is, I didn't have the intelligence and, and the documentation skills of him. But the fact of the matter is, this nation is utterly amazing. And there are good people. And, and uh, as Kurt points out, the people need to pray, but we need to work as though it all depended on us, too. And, and God, I'm, I'm praying, will also have mercy on us. But the fact is, I really believe that the nation is at risk right now. The republic is at risk. And, you know, I mentioned the 1948 Lyndon Johnson uh, debacle uh, earlier. But in 1946, and probably many of your listeners are aware of this, in, in Athens, Tennessee, there was uh, voter fraud on a very small-scale local basis. But the the people took the it in their, in their I guess I was going to say hands, but arms, whatever, and uh, it has a double meaning, perhaps, taking it in their arms. And, and I, I'm very concerned that if we get to the point where we have, we have broken the two things that were protecting us against violence, the Constitution and the vote, that there will be individuals that resort to arms. And, and uh, it'll be very ugly if that happens. It'll be and we pray and we'll work and we'll do everything we can to prevent that from happening because we do follow the Prince of Peace. Now, I want to broaden the discussion before the end of the hour uh, to say this. I'm concerned because the people are immoral. And I agree with Kurt that I pray for a tender mercy. I agree with Kurt completely. I hope Kurt's right. Uh, But I will say this. We need to understand that, you know what, the morality of the people matters. Who's president doesn't really matter that much. What I mean is they're primarily a puppet. They're only one of the three branches of government. I'm not saying they can't do good or do bad, because they certainly can. But I will say this, the morality of the people and the behavior of the people matter a whole lot more than the president will ever matter. And the reason I bring this up is not to say the president doesn't matter, okay? But to say that, hey, with, uh, say, a Biden in place uh, and a Harris leading us off the rails, if we're a moral people, we can stop, mitigate by turning to God anything he can do that would lead us towards communism. Uh, And we need to think broader and say, you know what? You know what? Good presidents will come and go and good leaders will come and go and all that kind of stuff. We need to uh, elect the right leaders. But I'm telling you right now, if you want to estimate something, it's the morality of the people. And it's the new media taking center stage to truth tell. Those two things will matter more than any president elected will. Okay, 
Um, now, I agree if you can get a George Washington or somebody, but we can't look for a single leader to save us unless we look to Jesus Christ, doctor. Indeed, it's true. And I've got a chapter in my book, Preserve the Nation, called The Moral Imperative, and it addresses this issue extensively in the words of the American Founding Fathers, that that this idea of virtue and morality is absolutely essential. I mean, John Adams said a religious and a moral people was the only people that could be governed by a constitution. And again, we have abandoned this in favor of, of our uh, chasing, uh, whether it's wealth or power or leisure or lust or whatever it is in the nation. I mean, there's there's so many deadly sins, if you will, but but we have allowed ourselves to be distracted, and uh, and we are uh, on the verge of, of a comeuppance, I'm afraid. And by the way, if we, if we do take it to arms in the street, I fear that that will open the door for foreign intervention to the point that, that we may have even a bigger problem on our hands, and there'll be people saying, let's bring the United Nations in to oversee this thing, and holy cow, I can see this whole thing unraveling very easily, but we do need honesty, integrity. We need a, a true, honest, independent review of what happened in this election. But if people are going to say we've got to have this done in the next two weeks or three weeks or a month, whatever it is, it's going to be hard-pressed because nothing happened in four years when they had the door open and people said, let's look at this. Well, and you even had the House and the Senate and the courts and the president. I mean, you had everything to move the needle towards the proper role of government, and they simply squandered their opportunity. Now, Biden will roll back parts of Trump's agenda with a stroke of a pen. And I bring this up because this highlights exactly what I'm talking about. The president was too fast and furious with executive orders. Some of them we didn't like the executive order, but we thought, hey, there's no other choice but to, to, to bring some good back. But now we're going to go the opposite direction with a stroke of a pen, violating the checks and balances. Once again, that secret combination will be above the people, and it spells trouble, uh, to say the least. Kurt, do you want to finish on this note? Well, the thing that I would add is at least when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, not really rebutting Dr. Scott's uh, comment about, hey, we went four years and didn't ever get to the bottom line of this, uh, you know, and and uh, as well, I think your comments have kind of reflected that a little bit. But we have seen um, the president in uh, really tight spots, for example, the, the COVID uh, or the Wuhan flu or the Chinese virus, whatever you want to call it. Um, in that situation, he marshaled the forces of... Uh, even government um, to uh, do the things that he was, you know, quote, counseled to do uh, with the whole testing idea and the vent, uh, ventilators and all these different things. And it was amazing to me to see how much quicker uh, things could be done compared to the standard seven to ten years or whatever it was, uh, the massive, uh, I mean, it's kind of like the old days uh, where we're told in the Constitution that we have the right of a, a speedy trial, and it takes, uh, I don't know how many years for one of those to happen, and yet uh, with the President's efforts, uh, I've been amazed at how much quicker things can get done. Now, I will say this when it comes to the voting, um, I think that it's you know, almost um, it's just vital that we do um, look into this and that we do all we can to rectify the situation. And and like I've had this 
ongoing conversation with a neighbor of mine that's definitely been a never Trumper, if not a uh, a Biden supporter. Uh, but you know, he has commented several times that he is for honest honesty in the elections. And so if if we can really, you know, get to that point and really expose the in, info that's available, I think maybe people will, you know, at least go along there. Now, there's some that are going to just hate the results one way or the other. And I just pray for peace uh, when it comes to that. Yeah, we agree with you that we hope for that, Kurt, and we're not suggesting that President Trump shouldn't try to get to the bottom of it, and we shouldn't hope the courts do the right thing, and we aren't saying that the Electoral College, we hope they do the right thing. We still have a hope and a prayer, and we're not conceding this election one bit. I'm convinced that a coup d'etat has happened, Um, and I pray that we can get to the bottom of it, as you wisely said, so I just have a feeling from what I've seen over the last four years and, and really in our nation, we don't get to the bottom of these secret combinations. Uh, and we're not a moral people. And if we're not going to get to the bottom of the secret combinations and stop them, and if we're not a moral people, I fear for the result. When the AP calls it, who the heck is the AP to call an election? So that's the kind of point that I'm talking about. It's very uh, scary indeed. And I pray for success, as you wisely call for. Doctor, last word's yours. Uh, Noah Webster, one of the founding fathers, said all secret attempts by associations or others to give one set of men or party advantages over another are mean, dishonorable, and immoral. All secret combinations of men to gain for themselves or their party advantages and preferments of office are trespasses upon the rights of others. Nothing can be honorable which is morally wrong. That's where we are right now in America, people. Secret combinations are running this nation, unfortunately. And I concur with Kurt. I pray for a tender mercy, and I think we need to fight this fraud all the way. I just pray and hope that God blesses us and we do the right thing. Amen to Kurt's points. God save the republic.